Hello and welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a Catholic youth missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. In this episode, I'd like to talk about politics and Pharisees. What I'd like to do is I'd like to share with you a tweet that I sent a couple weeks back, which I also shared on Facebook and on Instagram. The reason why I am sharing this with you is not because I'm proud of my tweets, but because someone asked me a question which I thought was helpful. I responded to this question, but after doing so, I figured that it might be good also to, to have an episode about this where I could expound on it more, share about it with other people so that this question that was asked by one of my followers could also be beneficial maybe to you who is listening to this right now. And this could be an opportunity as well to talk about the Pharisees, to learn more about who they were since they were such a prominent a prominent group of people in the Gospels, in the time of Jesus, in the story of Jesus. Let's understand them better and hopefully learn from what they did right as well as the things that they did wrong. And of course, how Jesus responded to all of these. All that and more coming right up. To start off, I'd like to read to you the tweet that I sent where this began, where the question is addressed toward, so that you could get a sense of where this is coming from, so that you could also understand this better. I'll explain to you a little bit also of what it's about, what I'm trying to say, and we'll go through a bit of that here and there as we go through this episode. It's in Filipino, so I'll translate it for all you English-speaking listeners there. And it goes like this. Oo naman, syempre may bearing ang morality pagdating sa political stances natin. Pero, konting warning lang para sa mga kristyano dyan, ingat-ingat sa pagsakay sa kilos ng mundo ha. Baka maya-maya, nagiging pare sa'yo ka na. So that's it. That's the actual tweet in Filipino. And the English version is this. Of course, our morality has bearing on our political stances. But a bit of warning for all the Christians here. Be careful when you ride with how the world moves because you just might find yourself turning into a Pharisee. Where is this statement coming from? If you're Filipino, you might know that this year is election year for us here in the Philippines. And so we are about to elect a new president who will be in office for the next six years. And you know how it is when people talk about politics with friends, family, and even not-so-friends, acquaintances. Conversations have a tendency to get heated. Much more now that we're using social media and we're no longer talking to one another face-to-face. We're just posting and waiting for one another to tweet back or to comment with one of one of our posts and to react and all that sort of stuff and so usually when we see when we see exchanges like this what we see are two kinds the first kind talks about how we should vote for this person endorsing a particular candidate why this person is worthy of your vote okay There's that, the positive side. And then there's the negative side where we talk about, okay, this is why I'm voting for my candidate, but this is why you should not vote for this candidate. This is why you should not vote for this person. Sometimes it's funny because, you know, in meme culture, you really find creative ways, especially Filipinos, people can... Filipinos can really find creative ways to express serious thoughts. And so at least there's that. 
Other times, it's much more serious because it's pointing towards something that needs to be said, something that needs to be stated. However, here is my concern. One of the things that I was observing more and more is how people are connecting their political stances with their morality. This is coming from the context of questioning whether you should stay friends with someone despite disagreeing politically. Because the idea is that we can agree to disagree. Right? I don't have to be or to have all the same thoughts and all the same beliefs that you have. We don't have to vote for the same candidate, but we can remain friends or we can remain in good relationship with one another. And one of the things that are being put in against that one of the things that are being put against that is this idea that no 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 this is a bigger deal than you think because your politics is connected to your morality it's a reflection of your morality and so if you are voting for a candidate that we know is bad and is bad for the country then that reflects something about you then maybe you're a bad person too and if you are a bad person then maybe we shouldn't be friends I don't want to oversimplify or caricature this, okay? So maybe if you have some thoughts about this, you could send me a DM. You could uh, let me know, send me some feedback so that we could continue to discuss about this. Would be great also if you have a recommendation of who I could talk to about this. There might be, you know, um, uncharted territory that we could that we could explore there. Sometimes it really helps you think more clearly when you talk things out. And so that's something that I would very much appreciate. Okay, going forward, this is where this tweet is coming from. Because once people have started talking about their morality and linking it to politics, okay, I became a bit concerned about what people are saying. Because one of the things that I noticed is that there was a tendency for people to act in a self-righteous manner, okay, since they have connected the, their politics, or, well, even less than that, whom they're voting for, with their morality. In a certain sense, when we tell other people that you are less moral than I am, that is just a different way of saying that I am more moral than you. And I was cautious of that, which is why I sent this tweet about not knowing that we might be becoming or acting like Pharisees ourselves. And so... With that said, there is someone who sent me a DM on Instagram asking me a question about this very thing that I posted. And it's very helpful because this, also, this question also helped me clarify some of my thoughts and to be able to verbalize them, to be able to articulate them. And that's part of the reason why this course is very important. It can be very useful. Now, for the sake of privacy, I'm not going to tell you who this person is, but I am going to tell you that she messaged me on Instagram. And like I said last, last episode, if you want to reach me, message me on Instagram, send me your feedback or anything like that for this podcast. Anyway, going forward, I want to read this to you so that we could understand more about this and I could share with you more of my reflections and thoughts about this matter. Now, I want to clarify that what this is a bit different from what we usually do, okay? A lot of this will come from some of my own understanding and some of my own stances. So let's go through it. It says, 
Hi, Kuya Mon. I'm curious about which particular kilos ng mundo or movements of the world in terms of political stances can be likened to a Pharisee. Because as a Catholic, I also try to call out fellow Christians whose support goes to candidates that threaten the future of our country. Those with proven cases. And by cases, I think she means criminal cases. Thus pointing to them that their choices reflect their values make one self-righteous. Because admittedly, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. However, in the case of politics, we are more aware of our actions and decisions. I'd like to know your thoughts. God bless. The reason why I like this response is because it was said in a very respectful manner and I really do believe that this person is seeking, is really looking for an answer. Because you know how it is in social media. People can sometimes send you these questions or ask you about things or send you these responses, but they're not really looking for answers. They're just looking for something to rebut or something to screenshot and share so that it would get attention. But I didn't I didn't sense this, or at least I didn't get that. That wasn't the impression that I was getting from this message. And so I responded. I told her that I appreciated her question and I gave some context to what I said. And since we are talking about Pharisees or the statement talks about Pharisees, let's start with that, okay? To add some context so that we're on the same page, okay? Let's talk about the Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees? The Pharisees were these group of religious teachers, teachers of the law during Jesus' time. And if you read the Gospels, if you read the story of Jesus, they are often painted as the enemy. They are the people who would ask Jesus certain questions, not because they wanted to know the answer, but because they wanted to trap him. They wanted to get him to say something wrong or something that would get him into trouble. When they asked whether they should pay taxes to Caesar, you know, they asked Jesus this question. We talked about this in a previous episode when titled... uh, It's titled, The Government is Not My Lord and Savior. It's kind of relevant also to this episode, so you could go back to that if you haven't listened to it yet. But they were asking Jesus this question not because they were curious, but because they were trying to discredit him. There were other questions also, such as the question about the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment in the law? That was their question. And the reason why they were asking, again, is because they didn't want to know the answer. They wanted to get Jesus in trouble. That by... Saying something, okay, by by putting one law above all the others, they could tell him, ha, no, huli ka. See, you're not as authoritative as you say you are because that is not the most important law. How dare you put that above the others? But Jesus, of course, gives a genius answer. Genius answers to these questions raised by the Pharisees. So the Pharisees are often painted as judgmental. Jesus calls them hypocrites. And they are commonly seen today as people who were overly attached to the ways of human beings, you know, human traditions, as opposed to the heart of the law that Jesus was trying to show them. Of course, there are some misconceptions here and there, but that's the general perception of the Pharisees. And I'd like to start our discussion of the Pharisees by saying this, by making this clear. The Pharisees were not necessarily evil people. 
In fact, the reason why they were acting the way they were is because they were going against the evil actions of Rome, which was the government of their time. You see, during this time in Israel, Israel has had a lot of enemies that have defeated them, that have taken over their land. There were the Assyrians, we talked about them last episode. There were the Babylonians, there were the Persians, the Greeks, and during Jesus' time, it was the Romans. And what the what these people, but the people of God were realizing is that part of why they were there, part of why they were they, they, they were in exile, they were in captivity, or they were taken over by these other forces, these other nations, is because they were unfaithful to the Lord. And so out of that grew these group of lay people. So they were not priests, they were not temple workers, they were lay teachers. And they started calling the Israelites and teaching about the law and teaching them how to adhere to the law, to be faithful to God, to do things right. And their hope was that with Israel becoming faithful to God, they will be restored, that God will bestow his favor once again to Israel because they have turned away from their unfaithfulness and have gone back to the ways of the Lord by following the law, teaching the law and following the law. What they wanted was to reestablish what Israel was supposed to be, which is the blessing to the nations, the people of God, representing God to all the nations so that they could be called back. They wanted to re-establish what Israel was supposed to be. How did they do it? They did it through tradition and calling people to faithfulness to the Lord. Were their traditions accurate? Were their traditions helpful? Not always. Some were, but not all. Okay? That's not a bad thing though. It's not a bad thing to want your fellow people, your fellow citizens, to become faithful to the Lord. In fact, that's a very good thing. But here's where they went wrong, okay? Where they went wrong, however, is when their, quote-unquote, idea of the good clouded their perception of the actual people that they were with. What happened was they were more caught up with doing things right rather than helping these people that they were with. And Jesus called them out for it when, when he called them hypocrites. In fact, Jesus was, was telling his followers, you, you listen to what the Pharisees are teaching, but don't do as they do because they themselves miss the point. And so what happened here is it led to a lot of condemnation, it led to persecution, it, it led to heaping unnecessary burdens upon the people of God, upon the Jews. In fact, there's, there's this one famous line where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is part of the context of what Jesus is talking about there. They wanted to protect Israel. Okay, The Pharisees wanted to protect Israel, which was good. But they did not realize in the process of doing so who they were becoming. Up to the point when they weren't even able to recognize the Messiah himself when he was standing right in front of them. Their idea of the good clouded their perception of the actual people that they were with. That's where they went wrong. And it is in that sense that I think some of us Christians here today, when we're talking about our politics and what we think is right, this is how 
I think we could go wrong also. Which is why I sent this tweet. Na baka maya-maya nagiging pareseyo na tayo. That we might be finding ourselves turning into, turning into Pharisees. Now, I want to make this clear, okay? I don't think any of the present candidates are the Messiah. I'm pretty sure. Okay? <laughs> okay. So, going back to our present context, do I think it's wrong to share about the glaring issues and problems with voting some of the candidates? Like, as in, if there is a legit reason to not vote for a particular candidate, is it wrong to share that? To post something about that on social media? Of course not. Actually, that could even help. That could even help people to vote better. Diba? If people are more informed, they can vote more wisely. That's That can be a very helpful thing. That's not a bad thing. Now, do I think that doing that, okay, pointing out the wrong in some of these candidates, do I think that doing that makes someone self-righteous? Because that's the concern, diba? Does this make me self-righteous? Does this make me like a Pharisee? And my answer to that is, well... It depends. It depends on what? It depends on what you say and do and how you say and do it. These are very important things. The message and the medium. Of course, when it comes to what we say and do, we want to make sure that that it's true, that we're not lying, that we're not gossiping, that what we say is actually based on truth to the best that we can ascertain truth. That's important, okay? Truth. But the other side of that is love. How do you say it? It has to be truth in love. Truth spoken in love, okay? How do you say it to people? That matters too. Because sometimes we think when we have the truth, then we have permission to be rude. But we don't. And we need to respect people, whether we think they're wrong or whether we think they're right. It reflects more about our character rather than theirs, how we treat them. And so that matters. What we say and do and how we say and do it. But there's a third factor, okay? There's a third consideration. It depends on what you say and do. It depends on how you say and do it. But more importantly, it depends on who you are becoming in the process. Are you really compelled by these issues or are you just prideful that you think you're in the right? Is it leading you to sincerely want to inform others or to merely tell them about your views, to show them how better you are compared to them? Again, there's no problem with you know political posts. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But I do get concerned when I see the people around me, especially people I care about, when it becomes less about winning people over and more about casting them aside. What are we doing and how are we doing it? Are we still about winning them over? Is that what we're trying to do? Why are we doing these posts? Why are we, why are we sharing these things? Is it because we want to convince others na, hey, 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 maybe you're, you're, you're thinking about this issue in the wrong way and it might be helpful to learn about these things. And maybe if you learn about these things, then maybe your mind would change. Maybe your heart would change when it comes to these certain stances that you might have. Is that what we're trying to do? Are we trying to convince people? Because the last time I checked, people's hearts don't get changed when you shout them down and when you insult them. In fact, it's the opposite. They tend to plant their roots even deeper, even though they're wrong. 
just because they're threatened by what's around them or who's around them. What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to do? Is it really about convincing others? Is it really about sharing? Is it really about endorsing our candidate? Or is it about pride? Or is it about feeling good about ourselves because, hey, suddenly there's easy access to a life of morality. I was talking to my wife about this, you know. How convenient is it that all you have to do to broadcast to people how moral you are is to tell them who you're voting for? Like, gone are the days when you have to actually sacrifice some things, you know, have humility, have the humility to learn and to actually go through the perseverance and the difficulties of having to acquire actual virtue. Now it's all about just, you know, you're voting for someone immoral, so you must be immoral. I am voting for someone who is quite better than whom you're voting for. And so I must be a good person, or at least if I'm not a good person, at least I'm better than you. That's not such a good message to send. That's not very convincing, and that's not very loving. That's not very Christian. That's not very Christian. And so I told this person, um, I told her, I don't fully know your convictions, okay, and how you share them with others. I'm not going to judge you for that. If, if you're doing it with the right motives and the proper approach, then yeah, I'd encourage you more. Go. Share with people. Talk to people. Share about these things. That's not a bad thing. Like ako mismo, me, personally, I, I've had a handful of personal conversations already with people where I felt like I was able to move them a little bit away from some of the stances that they have that I think are not so good that I, or I think are harmful. Right? But the way that I do that is not by shouting them down on Twitter. Although sometimes I'm tempted to. <laughs> no, oftentimes those things happen in real conversations when I actually sit down and talk to them and not just talk at them. And I told her, I told her that that's actually part of what I told her. I told her I'm just concerned about what I generally see in my circles, which is why I posted. And in any case, okay, either way, it helps to be aware of the possible pitfalls. Because I don't want people to lose their souls in pursuit of perceived justice. The way of the Christian is not to pass condemnation, but to invite toward repentance. Sometimes that means being firm. Other times that means being gentle. But in both cases, we need to relearn how to actually talk to people instead of just talking at them. What are we trying to accomplish, really? What are we trying to do? It's not bad, you know, to endorse a particular candidate. It's not bad to talk about the good things that this candidate is able to do and the good things that this candidate might be able to do if this candidate was elected into position. It's not bad to talk about the, the problems with voting some of the other candidates. Like, I, I talk about these things with my wife and with my friends. But you know where it gets bad? You know where it becomes bad? When we start, when we start becoming self-righteous, when we start treating people with less dignity just because they have different opinions compared to us. And yes, you might try to justify yourself by telling, by convincing yourself na eh, kasi they have bad opinions. They have opinions that are harmful, literally harmful to others. And so they should, they deserve to be shouted down. They deserve to be treated like this. They deserve to be outcasted. Wait, 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 wait. 
let's be reasonable here, okay? We're not cavemen. Let's not tap into this tribalism that social media seems to be, seems to be exacerbating in these situations. Because it's true. Our politics do reflect our morality. But our morality cannot be reduced to just our politics. Part of our morality is just that. You know, how we stand in the face of injustice. How we try to pursue the good without sacrificing our own principles. Even with knowing what our limits are. By learning how to die to self instead of bringing death upon others. We see that in Jesus himself who was who willingly gave himself up to die on the cross for us. That's not the way of the Christian, you know, what we're doing oftentimes. And I'm not saying that it's bad to do these things. I'm just saying that we should be more careful. And that might look differently in different situations. I don't know what your particular situation is right now. I am not telling you what to do or what not to do. I am simply inviting you to bring this into prayer. Your convictions your interactions with people, to reflect on these things and to also ask yourself, is this making me more loving? Is this the loving thing to do? Is this what Christ would do? It's easy, you know, to try to twist how we think Christ would act in these situations. You know, that time when Christ flipped the temples, or flipped the temples, flipped the tables in the temples because of corruption, because of what was happening. He was upset, he was angry and all of that, but... Then again, we're not Christ. And Jesus is also someone who teaches about the, the parable of the weeds and the wheat, about how sometimes it's not super clear, okay, whether people are doing good or doing bad. And part of the reason why I, I, I said this and part of my concern is that defining good and evil for yourself, that was the mistake of our first parents. That was the mistake of Adam and Eve, the tree of, the know the tree of knowing good and bad. Rather, we must entrust the definition of good and bad to the Lord, not to the world. And so we should be careful. We should be careful about these things. It helps for us to grow more in our relationship with Christ so that we are more grounded and so that we could stand firm when we have to in a loving way. Before we are Filipinos, we are Christians first, regardless of who wins. And I'm not saying that that doesn't matter. It matters. But regardless of who wins, Christ should be the Lord of our lives and in extension, our country. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter who's in charge. If the hearts of the people remain unchanged, so will this nation. It has to start with us. And the values of a Christian is different from the values of the world. Paul talks about this a lot in the New Testament in his letters. And so that is a gentle reminder slash discussion that I hope would is beneficial. I hope this is helpful for you. These are just some of my thoughts. And if you'd like to respond to them, that would be great. I'd, li I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear from some of you. Like I said, it would be great to hear from you. It's the best way to reach me is through Instagram. We have a Facebook group also not so secular discussions and questions where you could voice out some of the things that you think uh, that you'd like to add to this conversation 
please do help us out by giving us a rating on whatever whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to this, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever that may be. And um, that's most of it for today. That's most of it for today. Oh, oh, maybe we could end with this. There is one Pharisee who's different, who was changed in a certain way, although he didn't start out, he didn't start out too willing. There's this guy named Nicodemus, and you can read about his story in John chapter 3. He was a Pharisee who met with Jesus at night because he didn't want to be seen by his contemporaries, by his colleagues, because Jesus was against them, or rather they were against Jesus. And so she was, he was a bit ashamed, he was a bit in hiding, but he was at least willing to let Jesus in or to hear Jesus out. So they had this conversation about what it means for, for us to have new life, for us to be born from above, to be born again. It's a very interesting conversation. I'd like I'd like to invite you to read about it in John chapter three, and he makes an appearance again in the latter part of John, where it is it is implied that he had a change of heart, and it's a very beautiful story. And this it is in this story where we where we get the very famous verse, John chapter three verse sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That line was not spoken to any, just any sinner. That line was spoken to a Pharisee. And perhaps it is the people who are acting like Pharisees who might need it the most. And that includes me. That might include you. That is it for today, everyone. Thank you very much for listening all the way through. See you guys next week. Bye.